Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Marissa Charles is with us. She is our co-host on WellMed Radio. You find her in the WellMed Clinic at Ingram, where she actually sees real live patients. Every day. Which is pretty cool. It and is. And then uh, shares that expertise with us here on WellMed Radio. And we are, as always, delighted to have you here and great to see you. Good to see you too, Ron. It's good to be here. As you get older, my mother used to say, she died early 90s. She said, you know, Ronnie, when you get older, you never sleep. You don't sleep. You, you lay down, 20 minutes, you're up. 20 minutes, you're up. You find that with your patients? You know, I do have a lot of patients that can uh, have concerns about their sleep patterns. Not everybody, but we do see it quite a bit. Well, we have an expert joining us on our WellMed Radio hotline, which is pretty cool. A transplant from Long Island, Dr. Lewis Greenberg. He's a, a physician, also has a master's in health, and is the WellMed Enterprise Medical Director for Special Projects. He works with folks in a variety of studies several population health and quality initiatives, including home sleep studies and the musculoskeletal program. Dr. Greenberg completed his medical degree in internal medicine residency at Baylor College of Medicine up near Houston, Texas, and earned his Master's of Health Administration from the University of Colorado at Denver. And I know he doesn't miss the weather out there at all. Dr. Greenberg, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm actually uh, in in Colorado currently, enjoying uh, 63 degree weather. Gee, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Sounds very nice. <laughs> wow, that's almost sweater weather. Yeah, it definitely is. I have my sweatshirt on at all times. Well, I like that a lot. How how did you uh, come to WellMed? What what brought you to San Antonio and the WellMed family? Well, I, I had I had lived in. Um, um, San Antonio for a period of time, and actually uh, my career, and I'll, I'll encapsulate it, was predominantly running um, employed, employed physician groups. But then I transitioned to uh, accountable care organizations, and I was kind of nearing the end of my career, and, and I resided in San Antonio, and I knew some people at WellMed, and they said they were looking for somebody to help them do special projects and kind of unique uh, quality and population management type thing. So over the past five years, I've done that for a while, and it's been a, a great experience for me. And what attracted you to sleep studies? Well, you know, the it wasn't uh, one of the top projects that I did. It wasn't one of the first things. But one, one thing WellMed has is really a unique and diverse uh, type of services that they offer. One of the companies that is a sister company, WellMed, is Home Care Dimensions. And they're a home health company that also does home sleep studies. And I was asked to kind of look into how our enterprise is using them and also how many, what we were doing with home sleep studies. And to my dismay, we weren't using them or we weren't really embracing home sleep studies at all. Well, it's certainly something that has changed over the last few years as far as the ability to use the home sleep studies and the amount of information that we can get from those exams. 
Yes. I mean, again, I was traditionally trained many years ago, and facility studies were the only way to go. Absolutely. I remember those days. Have to, yep. You'd have to set up for your patients. Uh, sometimes it was a long wait. Uh, it was an uncomfortable and unfamiliar environment, and we'll say kind of a sterile environment in which they were wired up kind of head to toe because that's the nature of facility studies. Exactly. And, and then expected you had to wait to for the results, and, and a lot of times they had to go back if they were uh, positive for obstructive sleep apnea to get therapy. So it was a very cumbersome and expensive process. And when I learned about the home sleep studies, um, it basically accomplished the same goal of diagnosing and treating uh, obstructive sleep apnea, which is a very common and, and, and uh, really dangerous uh, condition for patients to have. But it does it in a much more compact time frame, gets, gets the diagnosis and treatment underway quickly, and the patients uh, benefit from it. He's Dr. Lewis Greenberg. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host is here as well, Dr. Marissa Charles. You're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. And uh, Dr. Greenberg, uh, one of the things you mentioned, uh, sleep apnea, uh, everybody thinks they know what it is, but of course, we don't know what it is. What is it for the layman? Well, there's a lot of different types, but the, the, the most common type is what they call obstructive sleep apnea, whereas in the, in the posterior portion of the pharynx, at night when you're recumbent, either lying down on your stomach or sometimes on your back mostly, uh, you can um, occlude the airway to the point that you have what they, what they call apnea, which you kind of temporarily stop breathing. Most people will wake up and kind of snort and cough and, and kind of start breathing again. But those apneic episodes, if they're more than five per hour, are very dangerous lead to heart conditions and even uh, high blood pressure and, and death. So... Uh, understanding uh, what type of patients are at risk for that and then uh, diagnosing them appropriately and getting the appropriate test done is very important because there's great therapy for it. Uh, it's called continuous positive airway pressure. It's delivered currently through a small machine that, that's very portable and it can uh, alleviate the condition and basically prevent uh, terrible um, other chronic conditions down the road if left untreated. Well, death is a chronic condition you don't want. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right, right. Yeah. Right. So, Dr. Well, Greenberg, can you tell us a little bit about the types of symptoms that a patient might get early on and things that, you know, at, at what point a physician would start to think about sending a patient to go have a home sleep study? Yeah, I mean, the classic symptoms for obstructive sleep apnea, which is the type that we're talking about, uh, are basically uh, just poor sleep. People feel very uh, exhausted the next day. Some people even fall asleep. It's called daytime somnolence where they kind of fall asleep during during the day and can't complete their work or fun activities. Um, some people develop hypertension or high blood pressure uh, to it. And in general, they just feel miserable. You know, the type of candidate that you really worry about are people that are, you know, overweight, uh, people that already have under underlying chronic uh, medical conditions like heart failure and, and COPD or chronic obstructive lung disease. But in general, the, the main symptom is it's usually the spouse or somebody else who complains that their um, loved one snores, uh, is tired all the time, um, just falls asleep during the day. Some people even have urinary incontinence, and it's a constellation of symptoms. But a lot of times you hear it from the, the patient's spouse and that they sometimes even left the, uh, 
the bedroom because of the uh, nature of the snoring. That is very true. Snoring must be pretty common because I, I hear so many TV ads for devices that claim they'll stop snoring. Yeah, that, you know, that, that may be. Snoring uh, is, is one of the symptoms of obstructive sleep apnea, but some people snore and don't have obstructive sleep apnea. Right. So that's why they need to be carefully evaluated by their doctor with a good history and physical. There's a questionnaire called the Stop Bang, S-T-O-P-B-A-N-G questionnaire. And that, that talk, that kind of, uh, asks questions of snoring for the S, um, um, you know, P, O, P, uh, you observe apnea. The uh, P is if they have, uh, blood pressure, uh, problems. And then the bang is, uh, BMI, um, and the, uh, if they have apnea and, uh, N, I'm blanking on the rest of the, uh, well, sorry. Acronym, but the, the bottom, the bottom line is those letters stand for different symptoms and signs, um, for uh, a classic sleep apnea patient, if they score very highly on that, and this is a, a really important point, is that you want to have a really high pretest probability before you do a home sleep study. You, you know, the facility studies are still the gold standard. They're still the gold standard for diagnosing different types of sleep apnea, obstructive, central, uh, uh, that result in different types of uh, respiration. They're also the gold standard for movement disorders and strange sleep disorder, parasomnia, as they call them. So they're always there as the gold standard. But if you have a very high uh, pretest probability from your clinical suspicion and from the stop-bang questionnaire, we can score above six or more uh, on these different letters and conditions, then those people will, if they have a positive home sleep study, really have um, you've done a good job because you've been able to diagnose it in the home environment and been able to start treatment through auto CPAP right at the time of diagnosis. So, uh, again, high clinical pretest probability is the key to home sleep study. Meaning high suspicion, correct? Right, and, and a positive stop-bang questionnaire. Uh, and the spouse or significant other who's hanging out with that person uh, stays awake all night and watches how they sleep? Um, they don't have to. I mean, that's the beauty of the home sleep study uh, with really minimal... Um, uh, technology, you basically have a strap that goes around your chest that monitors your heart rate and your breathing, and you have a finger pulse oximeter that monitors your oxygenation. Right. Um, it it records it all night long and memorializes it, you know, through an internet connection, and um, you know, you you basically get this uh, uh, high tech um, printout of how how many times you stop breathing during. You know, in other words, it measures how many apneic or episodes of where you stop breathing, like we were talking about, during the night. And, you know, if you have less than five, then technically you probably don't have significant obstructive sleep apnea. If you have five to 10 or five to 15, you're mild, 15 to 20 plus, you're moderate, and anything above 30 is considered severe sleep apnea. And, so, uh, and those are the kind of the people above five automatically get put on the treatment, the auto CPAP, and it titrates the amount of pressure needed to keep that airway open. It kind of blows air, you know, through the very quietly. These new machines uh, are, are literally the size of a kind of a clock radio. And when I first started training, they were like the size of a, a, a dresser. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah. The no, the, the technology really has come a long way. The equipment way. is very small, very minimized. It's on the internet. It reports the diagnosis. And it also 
follows how compliant the patient is. The, the real key to sleep apnea is not only diagnosing and treating it, but how compliant, you know, will the patient wear the mask? And it really doesn't do any good unless they wear the mask at least four hours a night and at least 70% of the time. And if they don't do that, they're kind of, you know, it's, it's not going to be effective. So part of the beauty of home sleep studies, which you don't get with facility, is that for month, every month you get a report that shows how compliant the patient's been and how efficacious, you know, meaning how low, huh. how much lower their epic episodes are. And, you know, you're, you're able as a primary care doctor to kind of become a sleep expert, you know, because you get a report that spells out whether the patient's compliant and whether it's working or not. All right, stay with us. We're going to talk more about sleep apnea, talk about uh, home and lab sleep studies. We're going to talk, too, uh, about other issues that may affect sleep and what you as an individual can do to address those. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Marissa Charles, is here. And on our WellMed Radio Hotline, talking with Dr. Lewis Greenberg, he's WellMed Enterprise Medical Director and is involved in special projects like sleep. And we'll find out others as well. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. This is very interesting as we talk about sleep and sleep studies. On our WellMed Radio Hotline, Dr. Lewis Greenberg is with us. He is a MD, uh, has a, a master's as well in health, and we're talking with him about the work he's doing uh, with home and lab sleep studies. I'm Ron Aaron. Dr. Marissa Charles, our co-host on WellMed Radio, is here as well. And Dr. Greenberg, you mentioned when we first began about how intrusive those lab sleep studies can be. Uh, I'll never forget a, a good friend of mine, uh, Ed, this is several years ago, went in for a sleep study, uh, and he said he hated it because every time he went to sleep, it seemed as if they woke him, and they'd ask him, how are you doing? Are you asleep? And he finally, at the end of it, was diagnosed with sleep apnea, does use one of those uh, uh, CPAP machines, but the study itself made him a very, very angry patient. Well, I can, I can certainly understand when you're kind of wired from head to toe um, because remember, the facility studies, unlike the home studies, um, they're the gold standard. So they're monitoring brain activity, eye activity, respiration, heart rate. They monitor everything and, and also um, uh, limb movements. So they have to kind of wire you from head to toe. So there's a <laughs> little um, comfort there uh, because they're kind of covering every aspect of sleep disorders. And, you know, the home sleep studies um, are really looking for obstructive sleep apnea. They're not looking for the, limb, the strange limb disorders. They're not looking for the strange parasomnia, you know, sleep things. They're, not, they're, they're trying not to diagnose central apnea, which is, again, a very, you know, unusual and rare thing. They're kind of looking for more of the, uh, 
um, common or the more prevalent type of sleep apnea, which is obstructive sleep apnea. So that's why they're able to, it's much more comfortable. First of all, you're in your own bed and you're in your own environment. But you just have one strap around, around your chest uh, that monitors your heart rate and respiration and position. And then you have a little clip on your, your finger for the pulse oximetry. So they're really, they're kind of uh, different tests, you know, and they, they serve different purposes. Now, what, what? Do the, now we have the advantage of kind of choosing, whereas many years ago, like your friend, there, there was no option. They kind of got the gold right. standard and got wired up head to toe, and yeah. it was very uncomfortable and, and expensive. But he will tell you, he's slept since. That's been good. And it works for him. Well, what were you talking about with the para? Is this folks who see ghosts in their sleep? Well, it, 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 to be honest, I don't, I don't profess to be an expert on those. Um, they um, are, are strange, like you said, strange dreams and hallucinations and other other problems with sleep. I was going to ask you about that. If I can ask for a friend, yeah. uh, this friend the other night dreamt. Uh, he's got little kids, and that one of his little boys had gotten in bed with him, which they did occasionally. And he started a conversation with that young man. Uh, and his spouse finally interrupted and said, asking for a friend, of course, uh, Hey, you're asleep. Quit talking. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that, that's certainly out of my uh, realm of expertise. And those are the type of... Uh when you know, I'll be honest with you. When you suspect strange parasomnias or limb movement disorders or or, or different types of uh, central sleep apnea, that's when it, it it is appropriate to either get a specialty consultation with a sleep expert or a facility study. Doctor Greenberg, um, but that's you know that's not. Uh, and we can ask uh, Marissa. I mean, that's usually not what you see walking through no, the door. No, that's not the common. Absolutely. What I was going to say, Dr. Greenberg, is for these home sleep studies, not every single patient is appropriate. What are some of the um, reasons why you would not be able to do a home sleep study? Yeah, I mean, what, what would kind of steer you away from it would be if they have um, if some of these other conditions we just discovered, you know, just discussed that with the parasomnia, the movement disorders, and things like that. That's one. Two, if, the, if their comorbidities are so severe, they're on oxygen, uh, they have very, very severe chronic obstructive lung disease, they have very, very severe heart failure, those are the type of patients you probably want to uh, avoid doing as well. Uh, if they're so morbidly obese, um, that, that's another, you know, probably relative contraindication uh, to doing the home studies. And then pediatric patients are, are not supposed to have it uh, done at home. People that are uh, addicted to narcotics uh, is, is a bad move because they have hypoventilation syndromes that the home study really doesn't address. And the last thing is that they have a mission-critical job. You know, if they're an astronaut or the ferry operator or the train operator, you know, in which many lives are dependent on them staying awake probably best to do the gold standard rather than uh, the home study. Well, that all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Of all the people who come in for these studies, uh, I gather uh, a large number end up being diagnosed with sleep apnea. It's pretty common. Well, it, again, it depends on who walks through the door. If uh, a very overweight, uh, older male gentleman who snores and is tired and has urinary incontinence. <laughs> somebody has a high pre-test probability and doesn't have bad COV or heart failure, they're probably going to get a positive test and, and again, get a good result. Right, somebody because we... 
thinner, athletic, doesn't isn't tired during the day, et cetera, you know, it's probably not a person you're going to get a positive result on. So again, it, it, it it's always important for the doctor. The clinical evaluation is is the most important. The kind of the index of suspicion backed by the stopping questionnaire and then the technology you can employ is, is the way to go. How many hours of sleep should we have a night? Well, should have, most people most people say you should at least have four. You know, uh, and the, you know the more the more the better to some degree. But I would say on the average, most people have six to seven hours of sleep, and that's uninterrupted. That's the goal. Ideally. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the goal. Yep. Uninterrupted, you know, RE REM sleep. <laughs> and that's always very tough to achieve in the stressful environment we live in and distractions and noise and everything else that's going on. So can we talk a little bit about things that, so say a person gets that diagnosis of obstructive sleep apnea, um, what are some things that they can do to try to um, improve their symptoms, to try to do a little bit better? Well, there's no question weight reduction is always the top of the list. You know, the losing weight is certainly going to cut down on any anatomic, you know, considerations in the back of your throat, you know, causing the obstruction. Um, and then sleep hygiene things are very important as well. You know, having a dark room, going to bed at a regular time, getting up at a regular time, avoiding stimulants and, and alcohol, um, mindful meditation to kind of calm the mind. Um, those are all, you know, positive things that we should do, all of us should do to kind of get better sleep. Right. Stay active, exercise. Because, exercise, yeah. That's a good point. Aerobic mm-hmm. exercise, you know, being tired. <laughs> does sleep, help. You know? Now, um, the number that you gave, uh, you know, four, six, eight hours, the, the kind of standard that you often hear in, in the mass media is you really need eight to ten hours of sleep a night. Yeah, not everybody does. I mean, I think it, it is individualized. And I think the, the more uh, uninterrupted sleep that you get and you feel uh, rested and, and good the next day is the right amount. You know, and some people can get less sleep and be, and be fine. And some people, I mean, I, I'm an eight-hour person. I, you know, I, I like If I had eight hours sleep, I'm fine. If I don't, I'm usually a little tired. And what about naps? Do those uh, fill in the uh, uh, missing sleep? If Let's say you don't sleep eight hours a night. You sleep maybe five or six. Do naps fill out the rest? You know, that's, naps are controversial. I keep reading the different things about they're, they're bad, and then I read they're good. But I, I think, um, you know, it's, as, as long as they're not, you don't always have to take a nap in order to make you, because you feel tired. That means you're probably not getting uh, the, the right amount of sleep. But, you know, naps, in general, we have to be careful not to nap too much because then it will make it more difficult to go to bed uh, the night. You know, so the the idea is to have this regular pattern of, you know, trying to get to bed at a certain amount of time. And then the other thing is we're learning a lot about that if you can't go to sleep, you know, get up and do something that's not using screen time, et cetera, like reading a book or listening to music and other things until you can go back to sleep. You don't want to make the bed kind of a bad place where you're suffering, you know, where you're trying to get to sleep and you're ruminating and having difficulty. So there's a lot of literature now about getting up and and then uh, getting back in bed and and keeping a sleep log. I mean, we, we could, that's another talk. We can go on and on. But mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of techniques now to improve your sleep. And I think uh, all the things we've talked about, exercise, weight reduction, avoiding stimulants, 
regular time, avoiding excessive napping and keeping a sleep log and not allowing the bed to become a bad place is, is are, are the mainstays of sleep hygiene. Do you mind if I give you my wife's cell phone number and you give her a little call and talk about <laughs> binge watching Netflix it's and premiere videos? It's all, your, it's, all, it's all your fault. So. Yeah, well, she, she will binge watch uh, a series. She watched The Big Bang for example, which was 12 years. Mm-hmm. And, Hilarious. And, and watch them, you know, she'd end up going to sleep one, two, three in the morning. And then amazing, someday she'd say, yeah, I'm a little tired today. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> so sleep yeah, hygiene rang a bell with me, that's for sure. So we need to get yeah, you back on. We'll do that. Yeah, that would be a great topic. So thank sure. you so much, Dr. Greenberg. Now, how long you said that this is kind of like a an interim uh, you came back into this field. You like it. Uh, are you planning to stay for a while? I'm actually planning to retire in October. Um, I, I've worked for WellMed for five years. It's been one of the best jobs I've ever had. Uh, I enjoy uh, Dr. Whitaker and the leadership team at WellMed and all the, the physicians in the clinic. And uh, but my my time to hang up the cleats has, has come. So I'm I'm looking to pass the the uh, torch to the all next right. uh, generation. But yeah, I've, uh, it's been been a wonderful experience, and uh, and and you know, thank WellMed uh, for sure. keeping me in the game for an extra five years. Well, I sense that in your voice. Thanks for being with us. Stay tuned. Flat out of time, Doctor Lewis Greenberg, about to hang up the spikes. I'm Ron Eric, along with our co-host, Doctor Marissa Charles. You hear us on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.